We're going to be learning in Chidush Rabbi Nuchayim Alevi, the first piece in Olchus Kalim. This is Perak Yod Halacha Tesavav. And Rabbi Chaim is going to explain a debate between the Rambam and the Raivid over the issue of which vessels are able to become Tamei. So the Torah said that vessels are able to become Tamei, but there's a debate between the Rambam and the Raivid whether those are professionally made vessels or vessels that anyone makes. And Rabbi Chaim is going to explain that this is a debate over the fundamental issue of what exactly constitutes a kli that the Torah said it could become Tameh. The Rambam writes, A trumpet that's broken into different pieces. If this requires a professional to put it together, so it's a complicated piece to fix, So then it becomes Tameh because it's considered a kli. So when the vessel is all together, the pieces are put back, it does become Tamei. But if anyone could take apart and put together this piece, so it's not complicated, it does not need a professional, anyone is able to put it together, so then this vessel does not become Tamei even when it's all together. So the Rambam rules that a vessel that requires a professional to fix it does become Tamei, and a vessel that anyone, even an amateur, could put together does not become Tamei. So the Ravid questions this, and he writes, Dovar ze This halacha is very far from the truth. And in fact, we find the opposite idea. In the Mishnah, in chapter 26 of Kalim, Sandal imki v'kis shel shenatzos, a sandal or a bag that needs to be tied up. So these are vessels that need to be tied in order to be used. So the Mishnah rules, They become tahor or tameh even without a professional. So even if a regular person unties the bag, the vessel can no longer become Tameh because now it's not a vessel. And if the person ties it back up, then it could become Tameh. So anyone can make this into a vessel or take it away from the status of a vessel. So Rabbi Yossi disagrees. He says, That's true of any vessel. Any vessel that's built even by an amateur is still considered a vessel. So you never need a professional in order to to make something halachically a vessel. So what's the difference between these cases of the sandal and the bag that needs to be tied up? In these cases, even when they're untied, they still can become Tameh because anyone could just tie them up. So even when the bag is untied, it's still considered a vessel, according to Rabbi Yossi, because it's not a big deal to just tie it back up. So even untied, it's still considered a vessel and it can become Tameh. So the debate between Rabbi Yossi and the Tanakama is in these cases, if the bag is untied, does it become Tameh? According to the Tanakama, no. According to Rabbi Yossi, yeah. But everyone agrees that if the bag was tied by an amateur, it still becomes Tameh. And according to Rabbi Yossi, that's the case for all vessels. So this contradicts the Rambam's view that only a vessel that requires a professional to fix it becomes Tameh. And Rabbi Yossi even says the exact opposite logic. According to Rabbi Yossi, a vessel is more likely to become Tameh if anyone could fix it. It's less likely to become Tameh if it needs a professional. And that's the opposite of what the Rambam wrote. In addition, says the Raivit, 
Chesed, there is another source that's a question on the Rambam. The Gemara in Shabbos Nun Chesed Beis has a case of an inbal and a zug, a bell which is broken. So the middle part that makes the noise is now broken from it. And the Gemara says that it still becomes Tameh. So the Gemara asks, well, it's broken. So it answers, because anyone could fix this. So it's not a big deal to fix it. So it becomes Tameh even while the two pieces are still broken. So again, this source goes against the logic of the Rambam because the Gemara is saying that since it's so easy to fix, it's more likely to become Tameh. And not only when it's fixed, but even when it's still broken, it becomes Tameh. So again, you see that things that are easier to fix are more likely to become Tameh, which goes against the way the Rambam presents this halacha. So that's the Ravid's question on the Rambam. He has these two sources that indicate in the opposite direction that vessels which anyone could fix are more likely to become Tameh even when they're broken whereas vessels that require a professional are less likely to become Tameh. Now, Rab Chaim points out that the Rambam has his own sources that indicate like his view. So the Mishnah in Kalim Yud Aleph Zion says, Karen Agula Tameya, Upshuta Tahora, a horn that's round becomes Tameh, but if it's straight, it doesn't become Tameh. So the Rambam in his commentary on the Mishnah explains what's the difference between a horn that's rounded versus straight, is that a horn that's round is much harder to put together, so it requires a professional. So that's why it becomes Tameh, as opposed to a straight horn, which is much easier to put together. Anyone could do it. So that's why it does not become Tameh. So this is the source for the Rambam's ruling in this halacha that a vessel that anyone could put together does not become Tameh. That's like the straight horn. Only if it requires a professional, like the round horn, then it becomes Tameh. But obviously the issue is that now the Mishnah contradicts this Gemara in Shabbos. The Mishnah is saying that if it requires a professional, it's more like likely to become Tameh. And the Gemara in Shabbos said the opposite, that if anyone could fix it, it's more likely to become Tameh. So that's exactly the Ravid's question, that even though the Rambam is explaining the Mishnah in chapter 11 of Kalim in line with this approach, but it contradicts the Gemara in Shabbos. So there must be a different way to explain the Mishnah. And in fact, the Rash, in his commentary on the Mishnah, he does explain it differently. He says that the difference between a round horn and a straight horn is based on what's called a base kibble. In order order for certain vessels like wood or bone to become Tameh, they need to have a holding area. It needs to be like a bowl that it could hold something. But if it's just a flat piece of surface, so then it would not become Tameh. So that's how the Rosh understands this Mishnah, that it's referring to that halacha. Since this horn is made out of bone, so unless it has a holding area, it's not going to become Tameh. So that's why only a round horn, which can hold things in it, becomes Tameh, not a straight horn horn. So that would make sense with the Ravid's approach. It does not contradict the Gemara in Shabbos. But the Rambam's explanation of that Mishnah does contradict the Gemara in Shabbos. So in order to answer this question, Rab Chaim tries to define what is the essential component of a vessel that makes it fit to become Tameh. And in order to do so, he analyzes a few of the other Mishnayos in that chapter 11 of Kalim. So Mishnah 2 says, Kol klei matochos shiyesh lo shnei bifnei atzmo Tameh. 
Mishnah. Any metal vessel which has its own name, so it's identifiable by its own title, becomes Tameh. Now, the Rambam in Hilchus Kalim chapter 9 understands that the context for that whole chapter is talking about vessels that came apart. So they're complex vessels that have multiple parts in them, and they were taken apart, so each of those parts is now on its own. So that's what the Mishnah is teaching, that if each of those smaller parts has an identifiable name of its own, so then they can each become Tameh, even though they're not together. But if they don't have an identifiable Identifiable name. They were just a small part of a larger vessel. So now that they're not connected, they don't become tame. Now, the last Mishnah in that chapter, Mishnah 9, so it says, An earring that has like a small bowl on the bottom and there's a bean-sized thing on top. So that's the design of this earring and it comes apart. So the bottom bowl, the Kedera, becomes Tameh because it's a base kibble. It's a vessel like a bowl that holds things in it. So it becomes Tameh because it's considered a vessel. And the Ka'adasha, the small little design piece on top also becomes Tameh because that's the Tachshit. That's the jewelry of the woman. So that's also considered a vessel, even though it can't hold things in it, but it's considered a piece of jewelry. So both of these separated parts, both the bowl on the bottom and the little design on top, both of them become Tameh. Now, the Rambam in Kalim Tes Gimel explains, He explains that this little piece of design on top becomes Tameh because it's identifiable, it has its own name. It's not just a piece of a larger vessel, but it has its own identifiable name. So that's why it becomes Tameh. So again, the same point that according to the Rambam, even when something is separated, if it's identifiable, it still becomes Tameh. Now, the Mishnah contrasts this with another case. If there was a piece of jewelry that's like grapes. So it's like a pearl or something where there's a design of one ball on top of the other and it just goes down. So it looks like grapes on top of each other. So if that piece of jewelry gets detached, so now all the pieces are separated, so those pieces do not become tame anymore. Now the Rambam explains, if this earring was like grapes, the nifrak, tahor. If it was detached, they're all tahor. They can't become tameh. Because first of all, they're not a bowl, so they can't hold anything in them. So they're not going to become tameh that way. And each ball doesn't have its own identifiable name. They're just one of the balls that were in the design. And it's no longer fit to be a piece of jewelry once it was detached. So these balls that were initially an earring are no longer considered a vessel because since they're detached, they can't hold anything in them. They're not considered jewelry and they don't each have their own identifiable name. They were just part of a larger vessel. So at this point, none of them can become Tameh. So now the Ravid disagrees with the Rambam's formulation in this halacha that the Rambam keeps emphasizing that since these little parts don't have their own identifiable name, they don't become Tameh. And the Ravid thinks that we don't even need that explanation because there's a simpler explanation here, which is since these little pieces are not usable for anything, so they're not considered a vessel. 
As the Ravid writes, Ani Aini Tola Osam Bishem. I don't explain this halacha because these little pieces don't have a name. The reason they're tahor and they can't become tameh is because they have no use on their own. The only way to use them is when they're connected. So once they're detached, they have no use and they can't become tameh. The detached pieces which do become tameh is because they do have a use on their own. So we have a debate between the Rambam and the Ravid how to explain the reasoning behind these rules in the Mishnah. According to the Rambam, once a larger vessel is detached into smaller pieces, if each of the pieces has an identifiable name, it still becomes Tameh. But if it's just a piece in a larger vessel and once it's disconnected, it has no identifiable name, so then it can't become Tameh. The Ravid understands that the pivot point is something different. If it's usable on its own, not only as part of the larger vessel, then it becomes Tameh. But if there's no use to this little piece, if it's not part of something larger, so then it does not become Tameh. So now Rab Chaim asks on the Rambam's approach that the Ravid's idea seems very clear. Of course, for a vessel to become Tameh, it needs to be something that has a use. The Gemara in Shabbos, Nun Chesam says, How do you know that a metal vessel, the point of which is to make noise, still becomes Tameh? So the Gemara derives, The Torah says that you should put this Davar in the fire to purify it. So even something which is a dibor, which makes noise, you have to purify. So the Gemara is deriving from this Pasuk that even a vessel that the whole point is to make noise is considered a vessel with a use. So therefore it could become Tameh. But we see that if there's no use whatsoever to the vessel, then it certainly does not become Tameh. That's clear in the Gemara. The only criteria by which a vessel could become Tameh is if it has some sort of use. And the same idea is clear in the Gemara Shabbos later, Samach Gimel Amad Beis, where it says that a piece of jewelry becomes Tameh because it's considered clay masa. It has a use. So again, we see that a vessel must have a use. And likewise, the Mishnah in Kalim chapter 12 rules that a tabas behema the Kalim, a ring of an animal or a vessel, does not become Tameh because the use of the vessel must be for people's use. If it's something that's used for animals, that doesn't meet the criteria to become Tameh. So again, from all these sources, it's very, very clear that in order for a vessel to become Tameh, it must be something that has use for people. Otherwise, it does not meet the criteria for becoming Tameh. So the Ravid's opinion is very clear in these sources. And now the question is, how can the Rambam possibly disagree with this? The Rambam says that it depends on whether the vessel has an identifiable name or not, even if it doesn't have a use. So according to the Rambam, it sounds like if you have this small piece that has no use, but it has an identifiable name, it can become Tameh. And that contradicts these sources from Shabbos and the Mishnah and Kalim. So to explain the view of the Rambam, Rab Chaim suggests, as he often does, that there are two components to this halacha. In order for something to be considered a kli, a vessel to become tameh, it requires two things. One is the ba'inon shiyehe kli. It must be considered a vessel. Shezehu yisod hadin shinem Because that's the whole essence of this halacha that the Torah said that vessels become tameh. So in order for something to be included in this halacha, it must be considered 
considered a vessel. Now, in addition to that component, it also has to be a usable vessel. So it's not just enough for it to be considered a vessel. It also has to have a use, either that it's used some way or that it's worn. So those are the two components necessary to make something a kli in order to become tame. Now, the difference between these two requirements is let's say there are two pieces of a vessel that each on their own does not have a use, but put together, they do have a use. So that fulfills the requirement that it has to be a clay masa, that it has to have a use. And the proof for this is that Gemara in Shabbos, Nun Chesamud Beis, Notlu in Valehem, where the clapper of the bell was taken off. So now each on its own is totally useless. There's the shell of the bell, as well as the piece that makes the noise. Each on its own can't do anything, and the Gemara says that they still become Tameh. So the Gemara asks, why is that so? There's no use for either of these vessels. And the Gemara answers, Since anyone, you don't need a professional, any amateur could fix this, so it's as if they're already combined, so therefore they become Tameh. So we see that even though on its own, each of these pieces would have no use, since combined, they would have a use, they would make noise, so that's enough to consider them a clay masa. So now Rab Chaim points out that this idea that anyone could put them back together only solves the problem that currently they're broken. So the solution to that issue is that since anyone could put them together, it's as if they're not really broken and there is some use for this vessel. But the fact remains, even though anyone could put them together, they're still two different pieces because right now they are not combined. They're still two different pieces that could be put together in order to create a use. And we see that that's enough. So we see from this Gemara that we don't need the definition of a clay masa to be that it's one vessel, even if two vessels, which on their own couldn't do anything, but if they're put together, they can do something that meets the criteria of clay masa. The only question the Gemara had on the case of the broken bell is what about the fact that it's broken? How can it become tame when it's broken? So on that, the Gemara answered because anyone could fix it. So according to Rab Chaim's analysis, the criteria of kli masa can be met even if it requires using two different vessels together. But this is obviously not going to work for the first requirement that it be considered a kli. The whole point of that requirement is that the vessel on its own has to be considered a kli. It can't be a half a kli that if it's combined with another vessel, then it becomes a kli. But each vessel on its own has to meet the requirement of a kli. So this is a difference between these two requirements when it comes to making the vessel into a kli, it has to do it on its own. But when it comes to being a kli masa, something that's usable, it could be combined with another vessel. So now that's exactly what the Mishnah means when it says, Kol that any vessel which has its own identifiable name becomes tame. What it means is that if it doesn't have an identifiable name, then this is not considered a kli at all. So then it certainly can't become tame, even if it's usable with another little vessel. Because since it doesn't meet the criteria to be a kli on its own, so nothing's going to be able to change that status 
even if it's usable in some other way, but since it's not a kli, so there's no way for it to become tame. And that's exactly what the Rambam says at the beginning of Hilchus Kalim, in contrast to a vessel that has an identifiable name. If it doesn't, the chol klimatochus sheyesh lo shem livoi, any metal vessel which does not have an identifiable name, it just has a sort of generic name, it cannot become tame because it's considered a partial kli. So it does not meet the criteria for being a kli. And the Rash as well in his commentary on Kalim chapter 11 quotes from the Sifri Zuta that it derives from the Pasuk that for a metal vessel to become tame, it requires a name. So that's the same point because without an identifiable name, it's not considered a kli, so it can't become tame. So now if we apply this distinction back into the original ruling of the Rambam, we'll see how he fits in with all the sources. The Rambam in the case of the trumpet or the horn, so he says that only a vessel that requires a professional to put it together becomes Tame. But if anyone could put it together, then it doesn't become Tame. So the reason for that is because the Rambam is trying to solve a problem, which is each of these little pieces does not have its own identifiable name unless they're part of the larger horn or trumpet. So how can the horn become tame at all when each of the pieces on its own is not a kli? And we said that even combining them together does not create the status of a kli. So even when they're all combined together, they should still not be a kli. So the Rambam answered, because in this case, if you need a professional to put it together, so that's considered a real connection in the sense that it transcends each of the small pieces. It's now as if they're totally connected to each other. So that becomes a kli because we view the whole thing together. So that's why in the Karen Agula, the round horn, there is tuma because since it requires a professional, so we view the whole thing as one large kli. But the Karen Shuta, the straight horn, which is easy to put together. Anyone could put that together. So that's not considered a real connection when they're all put together. It's still considered smaller pieces that are joined together. So since each of the smaller pieces on their own was not a kli, so even when they're combined, they also don't become a kli. So that's why there's no tuma. So that's exactly why the Rambam explained in that Mishnah that the distinction is whether it requires a professional or anyone could put it together. Because the only way to explain why there's tuma on the horn, since each of the smaller pieces alone was not an identifiable piece, the only way to explain that is if the horn itself is considered totally connected, it now transcends the smaller pieces, and the whole horn as one is considered a kli. And the only way to create that situation is if it needs a professional to put it together, so that's going to be a professional job putting it together, as opposed to if anyone could put it together, which doesn't transcend each of the pieces so now it's just a bunch of half clees that are put together but there is no clee so there is no tuma. so now this explanation of the Rambam answers the Ravid's question from the Gemara in Shabbos with the broken bell that the Gemara says that they still become tame because anyone could put them together so the explanation for that is that since each of the pieces on their own becomes tame so we see that they must meet the criteria of a clee so it must be that 
they're identifiable, they have a specific name. So there's a basic difference between the case in Shabbos versus the Mishnah in Kalim, because in the Gemara Shabbos, the case is where each of these pieces on their own does have an identifiable name, so they're considered a Kli. So that's why when they're put together, they become Tameh, specifically because any amateur could put them together. And Rab Chaim adds that there's another way to explain why each of the broken pieces of the bell is considered a Kli on its own, even if they don't have an identifiable name, and that's applying the rule of base kibul. Any vessel which can hold things in it, so that's considered a kli, even if it doesn't have an identifiable name. And the proof for that is the Mishnah about the broken jewelry, where it said that the bowl on the bottom does become tame, even though it doesn't have an identifiable name, like the top part, which was the design, but still the bottom part becomes tame because it has a base kibul, because it could hold something. So we see that there is another way for something to be considered a Kli, even if it doesn't have an identifiable name. If it's able to hold something, it has a base Kibble. So based on that, we could say in the case of the bell, it has a base Kibble. So that's why it's considered a Kli, even if it doesn't have an identifiable name. So now that the Gemara in Shabbos is talking about a case where each of the pieces on its own is considered a Kli, so the only question the Gemara had is that this is not a Kli Masa. This is not usable for anything because it doesn't make any noise because it's broken. So on that, the Gemara answered, since anyone could fix it, so it is usable because putting these two vessels together, they are going to be a klimase, so that meets the criteria of klimase, and since on their own, each of them is a kli, so we have both requirements in this case, and since it can easily be fixed by anyone, so it does become tame even while it's broken. But that case plays out very differently than the broken horn, where each of the pieces on its own is not considered a kli. So in that case, just combining it is not going to make it a kli because it's still a bunch of smaller pieces which don't meet the criteria of a kli. So the only way to solve that problem is if a professional put it together, so then it's considered more connected and the whole thing is evaluated together. So this explains exactly why the Rambam differentiated between these two cases. When it comes to the trumpet, so the way it plays out is that if anyone could put it together, then it does not become Tameh. But when it comes to the broken bell, so the way that plays out is exactly the opposite, that if anyone could put it together, then it is Tameh. And the key difference is because in the case of the bell, each of the things on their own is considered a Kli, whereas in the case of the trumpet, each of the pieces on their own is not considered a Kli. So that explains exactly why the logic goes in the opposite way in both of those cases. And in one of them, an amateur being able to put it together makes it more likely to be Tameh, and in the other, it makes it less likely to be Tameh. And Rab Chaim adds that the Rambam has some evidence for his interpretation of the Mishnah from the context. This Mishnah appears in the discussion of Kalim of those vessels which are Tahor, they cannot become Tameh because they don't have an identifiable name. So based on that, the Rambam understood that that's what's going on in the case of the horn, that each of the pieces doesn't have an identifiable name on its own, unless it's put together. So that's why he said the only way to make it Tameh is if it's put together by a professional. And the Rambam records this whole halacha also in his discussion of the requirement that each of the vessels needs to have its own name in order to be able to become Tameh. Now Rab Chaim turns to understand what about this does the Ravid disagree with? So he says that it seems that the Ravid largely accepts the Rambam's framework for these halachas. So he overall disagrees that in order for a vessel to be able 
able to be tame, it needs to both be a vessel as well as be usable. So he agrees with those two components. And he also agrees with the aspect that in order for it to be considered a vessel, it has to be on its own have the status of a vessel as opposed to being usable where two vessels could combine in order to be usable. So the Ravid agrees with all that. So if so, what then does the Ravid disagree with? So Rab Chaim says, whereas the Rambam understands that in order for something to be considered a Kli, it has to have its own name, the Ravid disagrees with that definition. He holds that in order for something to be considered a Kli, it must be usable. That is the only definition of what makes something a Kli if it has a use. So what then, according to the Ravid, is the case where a vessel on its own is not usable, but combined with another one, it is, so that makes it a Kli. How do you ever have that case if the vessel needs to be usable in order to be considered a Kli? So Rab Chaim explains that the distinction in the Ravid is different than the distinction in the Rambam. According to the Ravid, the distinction is between vessels which must be used together, each on their own has no use, versus vessels which could be used separately or together as well. So let's say like a bowl and a spoon, even though they could be used separately, they could be used together as well, as opposed to one small part of a car that has no use on its own unless it's part of the car. So that's the difference the Ravid makes. If you have a vessel where each of the pieces could be used separately as well, so even if they're separated, they continue to be considered a Kli and they can become Tamei. But if the only purpose the pieces have is only when they're together, in the larger vessel, otherwise they have no use at all. So then when they're separated, they cannot become Tameh. So that's why the Ravid disagrees with the Rambam. And he says, I don't believe this has anything to do with whether the vessel has its own name. The whole issue is only whether it's usable. So in the case of the jewelry with the bowl on the bottom and the design on top, since it got separated, but each of the pieces is still usable on its own, that's why they become Tameh, having nothing to do with their own name. As opposed to the jewelry that's like grapes, where each of the pieces does not have their own use unless they're combined. So once they're separated, they don't become tame. So now if we take the Ravid's framework and return to the original Ravid regarding the case of the trumpet, so again it explains why the Ravid disagrees with the Rambam. Because in the case of the trumpet, when all the pieces are taken apart, even though it's true that each of the pieces does not have its own name, but it does have its own use. So that's why the Ravid disagrees with the Rambam in this halacha. And he says, even if the pieces of the trumpet are separated, but since they each have their own use, so they're still considered a kli, and they would become tame. So either the trumpet is put together, in which case it's considered a kli, because it has a use to blow, or each of the pieces on their own have a use. But either way, whether this vessel is attached or not, all of the pieces are able to become Tame. So that's exactly why the Ravid now quotes the Gemara in Shabbos that if anyone could fix it, it's more likely to become Tame because that's the exact parallel case to the trumpet according to the Ravid. Since in both the case of the trumpet as well as the bell, each of the pieces has their own use, not only with the other pieces. So each of the pieces can become Tame. And according to the Gemara, if anyone could fix this, so then it's more likely to become 
become Tamei even when it's in a broken, disconnected state. So that's what the Ravid disagrees with the Rambam and he says in the case of the trumpet, since each of the pieces of the trumpet on its own still has a use, so they're each considered a Kli and they become Tamei. So then if any amateur can put it together, it's even more likely to become Tamei based on the Gemara in Shabbos regarding the case of the bell. So that's why the Ravid compares these two cases because he considers them parallel. On the other hand, the Rambam disagrees with the Ravid's assumption and he holds that in order to be considered a Kli, it has to have its own name. It's not enough that it has a use. So according to the Rambam, the broken pieces of the trumpet do not have their own name, so they're not considered a Kli. So in order to solve that problem, it requires being put together by a professional. So even though the Rambam would agree with the Raivid that when it comes to the criteria of making this a usable vessel, a Kli Masa, there if anyone can put it together, it's more likely to become Tamei. But with regard to the other component that the Rambam requires that it have a name so there it requires a professional to put it together in order to become Tamei. So that's why the Rambam has a split between these cases because he believes that there's two requirements. One is to have a name and the other is to be usable. The Raivid who believes that everything depends on the use so according to him it all follows the same logic and if anyone could put it together so then it's always more likely to become Tamei. There is no case according to the Raivid where needing a professional to put something together is more likely to make it Tamei because he never requires that the vessel have a name. He considers that the whole issue only depends on use and in that regard, it's always more likely to become Tamei if anyone could put it together. So now in the last paragraph, Rab Chaim goes through that Gemara in Shabbos more carefully and he tries to explain how the Rambam's going to explain it. The Gemara in Shabbos says, Notlu in chazu. In the case where the bell is broken, the middle piece is taken away. So why does it become Tameh? It's unusable. So Abaya answered, Because since anyone could fix it, so it still becomes Tameh because it's so easy to fix. So Rava asks, Hazug the Brisa says that the bell and the middle thing are all considered connected. So they're all considered one vessel. And the way Rashi explains this is that since they're considered connected, so when they're broken, each of them is only a partial Kli. So even though it's true that they're easy to fix, but so long as nobody fixed them, why do they become Tame since they're each only a partial Kli? And a partial Kli does not become Tame. So the Gemara attempts a solution that makes Maybe Maybe even though they're not actually connected, it's as if they're connected. So the Gemara asks, well, there's a brysa that says, A scissors or a knife that has different parts to it. So it's a vessel which is made up of smaller parts. So the Brysa rules that it's all considered connected for Tumah. So if one part becomes Tameh, the rest becomes Tameh. But it's not considered connected for Hazaah, for purifying it. So in order to purify it, each part on its own needs to be purified. You can't just do one part of it. So the Gemara asks, how could there be a distinction between becoming Tameh versus Tahor? Meaning if if it's considered connected, it should always be considered connected, and if not, not. So Rabbah explains this, that according to the Torah, it is consistent. 
if the scissors is in use, so then it's always considered connected. And if it's not in use, then it's not considered connected. So under Torah law, this was all consistent. And then the rabbis introduced some decrees which made it inconsistent. But either way, we see from this brysa, the way Rabbah explained it, that for two pieces to be considered one connected kli, they actually have to be connected. If they are disconnected, so then they cannot be considered one vessel. So that's a question on Abai interpretation that since they could be easily fixed, they both become tame, even though at this moment they're not fixed. So the Gemara suggests an entirely different solution to this problem. Rava said that even when the bell is broken, you could still bang it against a pottery vessel and it will still make a sound. It's not exactly the same sound as the original bell, but it will make a sound by banging it against a pottery vessel. So so since there is a use for the broken bell, it still becomes Tameh, even though the two pieces are not considered attached to each other, but each of them on their own has a use, so that's why they become Tameh. And Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Hanina explained the same thing as Rava, that since the broken bell could be banged against the Klecheres, so it still has a use. Now Rabbi Yochanan has the same basic idea, but a variation of this idea. Since this bell could be used as a cup for a baby to drink water from, so therefore it still has a use, even though it can't be used as a bell, but it could be used as a cup. So the Gemara then asks that according to Rabbi Yochanan, the use of the broken vessel needs to be similar to the original use of the vessel, and obviously drinking is different than making noise, so the Gemara reverses it. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Hanina is the one that says drinking from the broken bell makes it a vessel, and Rabbi Yochanan holds because you could bang it against the klecheres. So basically, there's two variations on this second approach. The basic idea is that even the broken bell has a use, even though it can't be used as a bell, but there's a question whether that use has to be similar to the original use, meaning to make noise, or it can be used even as a cup. But the general idea of this second approach is that the two broken pieces of the bell on their own, each one of them is not considered a vessel. They have to be combined in order to be considered a bell and to become tame, but once it's broken and they're each on their own, so they're not each considered a kli, except for the fact that they have another use. So the Gemara finds other creative uses for the broken bell, but if not that they had some other use, they would not be considered a bell. So now Rab Chaim asks that this approach contradicts his explanation of the Rambam, because he explained that according to the Rambam, the reason only a trumpet that requires being put together by a professional becomes Tameh is because that's considered a real connection between all the pieces that it transcends each of the smaller pieces to become one vessel. But if it could be put together by anyone, that's not considered a real combination and the pieces don't transcend each other and combine together. Each one of the smaller pieces is still considered separate. But now the Gemara is saying the other way. Even though this bell could be put together by anyone, that's what the Gemara says explicitly, even so, once it's put together, it's considered a full combination that the two pieces together transcend their status, each one of them alone. So even though each of them on their own is not considered a vessel, but when they're put together, it combines them and now 
now they are considered one vessel. So you see that that process happens even for something that doesn't need a professional to put it together, even if anyone could put it together. So Rab Chaim's explanation of the Rambam maybe fits into Abaya's view in the Gemara that if anyone could put it together, so we don't consider this an actual combination, it remains just pieces that are put together, but it does not fit into Rava's view, which is the majority view based on the Brisa, that even if anyone could put it together, it's still considered a combination and not just pieces that are being held together. So that's the question on the Rambam from this Gemara. So first, Rab Chaim suggests that maybe this itself is what Rava changes from Abaya. According to Abaya, anyone could put the bell back together and maybe Rava disagrees on that point and he's saying the reason why this bell is considered a real chibor, a real connection, is because it requires a professional. But Rab Chaim says that that seems very forced in the Gemara. So instead, he suggests a much better explanation for this Gemara. And this follows directly from the two perspectives of the Rambam and the Raivid that he developed throughout this piece. When the Gemara says that the two pieces of the broken bell are not considered a vessel, so they don't become Tameh, what is the problem? What's missing from the two broken pieces? Is it that neither of them is considered a Kli, and in order to be able to become Tameh, it needs to be a Kli, but if it's not a Kli, it can't become Tameh? Or are the broken pieces still considered a Kli? So the issue is not that they're not a Kli. They are a Kli. The issue is that they have no use. So that's what the Gemara is saying, that since it's broken, even though each piece is considered a Kli still, but it has no use, so it can't become Tameh. Says Rab Chaim, that seems to be part of the debate between the Rambam and the Raivid. According to the Raivid, that what makes something a Kli is if it has a use. So these broken pieces of the bell, since they no longer have a use, they're not even considered a Kli. So the Gemara's question is much stronger. The Gemara is saying that since the two pieces are broken and have no use, they lose their status as a Kli, so they shouldn't become Tameh. But the Rambam disagrees with the Raivid about that criteria. He holds that so long as it has its own name, it's still considered considered a Kli, even if it doesn't have a use. So according to the Rambam, in this case of the broken bell, each of the pieces must still have its own name because the Gemara at the end answers that there's another use for the broken bell, either to bang it against the Klecheres and make a noise or to use it as a cup. But the Gemara never resolves the issue that it's not considered a Kli. It only explains what use one could do with this broken bell. So obviously the question was not that it loses its status as a Kli. So it must be that each of the pieces of the broken bell still has its own identifiable name. So each of the pieces is still considered a Kli. The only question the Gemara raised is that there's no use for each of these pieces. So even though they're considered a Kli, why do they become Tameh if they have no use? So on that, the Gemara answered that there are still some creative uses for it. So according to the Raivid and the Rambam, the Gemara's question has two different meanings. According to the Raivid, the Gemara is asking that since the two pieces of the broken bell have no use, they lost their status as a Kli. Whereas according to the Rambam, the Gemara is asking since the two pieces of the broken bell have no use, even though they have their own name, so they are still considered a Kli, but since they have no use, they shouldn't become Tameh because they're not a Kli Masa. So now that we understand how the Rambam 
read that piece of Gemara, now we see that it's not a question against his rulings. Because what the Rambam said in the Halachas is that in order for a vessel to be considered connected, that it's all one vessel, it needs to be connected by a professional. But that's in terms of the issue of whether it's considered a kli or not. So in order to take different parts and combine them into one kli, that can only be done by a professional who does a more professional combination. But a regular amateur that puts together this vessel, it's not considered combined in order to be considered a kli. But that has nothing to do with what the Gemara in Shabbos is discussing. There it's discussing whether these different pieces have a use. So on that, the Gemara says that if they're combined, then it's a bell. But if it's broken, so then neither of the pieces on its own has a use. So in that regard, if anyone could put it together, that still combines the two pieces in the sense that they're able to be used. Again, as Rab Chaim's been saying throughout this piece, when it comes to the question of whether this vessel is usable, so in that regard, if anyone could put it together, it's more likely to become Tameh. So the same is true in this Gemara, according to the Rambam, since the issue is whether the two pieces are usable, so now it makes sense that according to the Gemara, if anyone could put this bell together, it has a stronger use, so it's more likely to become Tameh. But that does not contradict the other other element of what the Rambam says, which is in the criteria of what's considered a vessel, so what gets the status of a kli, there it works the opposite way. That if it's put together by a professional, it's more likely to become Tameh. But the Gemara in Shabbos is not discussing that issue, so that's why it uses the other logic. So the Rambam is not contradicting even what Rava said, because Rava is talking about whether this vessel is usable. And according to Rava, so long as it's broken, even though it could easily be put together, but so long as it's not put together, it does not have a use for halacha, so it cannot become tameh if not for the other creative uses that he comes up with. But on the other hand, the Ravid who understands that the Gemara in Shabbos is asking that since the two pieces of the bell are unusable, they lose the status of a vessel. So when the Gemara answers that since anyone could put them back, it's more likely to become Tameh, that, that teaches us a principle in Halacha that a vessel that can be put together by anyone, even an amateur, is considered even more connected than a vessel that needs a professional. So according to the Ravid, this goes in the opposite direction of the Rambam. The combination of different pieces into one vessel is stronger when it could be done by anyone than when it requires a professional. And that we derive from the Gemara in Shabbos because the issue originally was that the different pieces are not considered a vessel. And Abaya answered, since anyone could put them together, they're considered connected. And then Rava builds on that and he says they're so strongly considered connected that until they're actually put back together, they can't become Tameh. So Rava agrees with Abaya even more so and he holds that a vessel that could be put together by anyone is considered even more strongly connected. So if the pieces are apart, they don't become Tameh. So according to the Ravid from Rava, we learn the essence of his whole principle because the way he reads that Gemara in Shabbos, what Rava is now saying is that if anyone can put the pieces together, they're considered totally combined such so that it all becomes one vessel and that's exactly what the Ravid says that not only is the trumpet Tameh because each of the pieces on their own has a use and according to the Ravid that's the only definition of a Kli so since each of the pieces of the trumpet has a use each 
each of them on their own become Tame, and when they're put all together, they also become Tame. But even more than that, the Ravid now argues with the Rambam that unlike the Rambam who says that when an amateur puts the vessel together, it's considered less connected, the Ravid holds that in that case, it's considered even more connected. So there's a dual element to the debate between the Rambam and the Ravid. And Rab Chaim finds this in the language of the Ravid as well, because the Ravid adds in, based on the Gemara and Shabbos, that not only when the two pieces of the bell are separated, do they also become Tameh. And again, that's how the Ravid understands that Gemara, that the sole definition of what's a Kli is if it has a use. So since each of those two pieces on their own has a use, so they become Tameh even when they're disconnected. But then the Ravid adds, in addition to that, certainly when they're combined. Because the way the Ravid reads the Gemara in Shabbos, it's also teaching us that a vessel that could be put together by anyone is considered a stronger combination than when it requires a professional to put it together. So that's what the Ravid adds in, that on that point, he also disagrees with the Rambam. So this is Rab Chaim's piece to explain the ruling of the Rambam and the Ravid and what their debate is. And according to Rab Chaim, there's a double debate between the Rambam and the Ravid. First is what defines a Kli. According to the Rambam, it has to have its own name. According to the Ravid, it has to have a use, even though they both agree that there is a second element, that there must be a use to this vessel. But according to the Rambam, that means that if there are two different vessels that on their own have no use, they can be combined in order to have a use, and then they'll all become Tameh. But they do need to be a Kli to begin with on their own before they can be combined. According to the Ravid, it means something different. That if there are vessels which have no use on their own, only as part of a larger object, so then once they're combined, they'll all become Tameh. But any vessel which on its own has a use, even if it was originally part of a larger object, but even when it's disconnected, it will still be able to become Tameh. Then there's a second debate about what makes a vessel combined. So what takes the little pieces and makes them one big Kli? According to the Rambam, that happens when a professional puts it together, whereas according to the Ravid, that's more likely to happen when anyone would be able to put this together. So that is how Rab Chaim explains these two different perspectives. Now, the key conceptual point that Rab Chaim develops are the two requirements for something to be considered a Kli. One is that it has to have the status of a Kli, and the second is that it has to have a use. Now, as Rab Chaim says, there is a big debate between the Rambam and the Ravid whether these two components have different criteria. So according to the Rambam, to become a vessel, it needs the name of a vessel, whereas obviously the second component, to have a use, just means that it has a use. According to the Ravid, though, both components are the same criteria that the vessel has to have a use. 